Blog Talk Radio. Hi guys, welcome to the Armor Report. This is the Friday edition, the end of the week. I thought what I'd do today is just go through a basic overview of the week, see where we stand on uh, the different indexes. Again, this is a show about stock market investing in the millennial age. Everything we do here and we share with you um, is, uh, is information we're using directly on our trading desk. This is a live desk. I'm surrounded by screens. I'm trading as we speak. Um, my primary goal, I'm managing my own personal capital. I work with investors as well, all of it through interactive brokers. My primary goal is to protect my capital first and then create increased net worth over time by making the right decisions. The right decisions are comprised of fundamental analysis, research of companies, understanding what really drives stocks higher over a long period of time, and coupling that with execution algorithms. This is the millennial stock market. It's not your dad's market. It's not your granddad's market. Your dad and your granddad. Let's just take your dad. For the majority of his life, he was opening mail with his finger, right? Didn't know anything about the internet. Didn't have to worry about Twitter, Facebook, whatever. There wasn't constant fake news everywhere. Just some basic sources and the basic ebb and flow of a normal economy without any central bank intervention other than raising or lowering interest rates when the economy got too hot or too cold. It was pretty easy back then. Today, we've got all kinds of craziness, fake news, social media, all kinds of stories flying around. 90% of trades are executed by algorithms. You get rips higher, rips lower in a 10, 15-minute period, apparently for no reason, um, or a reason that's immediately refuted by some other tweet that comes out. So this is a whole new world we live in. Um, does it mean that fundamental analysis of companies is no longer viable? No, no, absolutely. That leads to some major, major success over a long period of time. But between the investment decision and major success is extreme volatility. And the only way to really handle that is to use algorithms to help you add risk and subtract risk at the right time. And it doesn't always here in the short term as if the strategy is working. And that's kind of what we're going through right now. Our algorithms have been telling us on the big indexes to remain cautious. Meanwhile, the market has skyrocketed. Makes you feel like we're wrong. Of course, we outperformed every single index last year. All of our, all of our uh, portfolios, you can find it on our website, RosenthalCapital.com. We have a conservative, a balanced, and an aggressive approach, all the interactive brokers. We beat every index last year handily, and it's because we managed risk correctly. But on a month-to-month basis, this market is so volatile, it rips in one direction or another, and our algorithms are not designed to try to chase that type of behavior. What we're trying to do is manage risk, carry a fair amount of cash in an environment like this. We still put capital to work in our top names, our top groups, cannabis companies, 
precious metal stocks, energy companies, some of our whiteboard names I've been going over with you, iRobot, things like that. We're focusing on 5G companies. I haven't talked too much about that, but that's at the top of our whiteboard. Things like AT&T and Verizon right down on support levels, giving us a risk on entry point using our algorithms, picking up dividend yields. These are the things we'll do in a market like this. And we'll make some money in a market like this. But we're not looking to dramatically outperform in the upside in a market like this. The volatility is insane right now. We went from utter collapse in December to massive euphoria in January and into February now. Which one of those emotions is accurate? Probably neither. It's somewhere in the middle. And so for the week in review, I'll tell you I'm not chasing the market. I continue to be happy with the investments that I've made in the groups that we like. Basically, you could think of it this way. We're high grading the portfolio. We're, will, we're willing to take positions, but only in the top names that we feel we need to own. And we want to carry some cash to deal with volatility. That's how we manage our portfolios right now. What I share with you every day is basically my approach from 30 years of doing this. It doesn't mean that you need to mirror what it is I'm doing. I have a different risk profile than perhaps you do. Um, but it should, I'm trying to help you, I'm trying to give you a guide on risk management. That's really what most people miss when it comes to the stock market. They get into this hamster wheel of behavior where they feel they have to beat the market every day or perform every month better than or in line with the market, you know, or, or not care about the market at all. Just put money to work and, you know, hold on tight, hope you make money over time. And, and neither of those choices work for me with my personal capital and for the individuals I work with and, and capital I manage. Risk has to be managed correctly over a long period of time to create success where you have net worth growth without having major attacks on your net worth. So looking at the four indexes, the five really that we use, we have five indexes that we use. We have algorithms for each one. So each one has to be calibrated towards the volatility of the index. So we have the NASDAQ 100, the S&P 500, the Dow 30, small cap 600, and the momentum index. Those are our top five, you know. Um, and, and so I guess the message for today is to be aware that we're right up against the October, November highs. So October, November highs, market cratered, rallied up, December got destroyed. Now all of January and February is taking us back to the highs of October and November. So this will be another key location for the stock market for a reversal to develop. Just be aware of that. And, and let me tell you something. The reversals are going to develop so quickly. This is the reason why our algorithms tell us to carry a fair amount of cash. They're going to develop so quickly 
that the reversal will occur and you'll be staring like a, a deer in the headlights, not sure what to do. So what I'm trying to do in this call is share with you, A, we do carry cash in our portfolio, even though the market's skyrocketing. So that we have a big correction, we'll have the capability to add to our favorite investments at lower prices, number one. Number two, we do recognize on our trading desk the key locations for each index. Something like 260 on the Dow, DIA is the ETF we're using. We're at 260.32 right now. So we're going up above that price, 260. If it closes back below that price and has trouble at that price, that would make sense because that's those are the peaks from the October-November period when the selling really came in and hammered the market. So all we've done is, is brought back that initial hammering right to that area of resistance. Um, small caps continue to outperform. They're breaking out of trying to break out above the 200-day moving average. Now, IWM is the index we use right up against it. It looks like around 150, uh, 158, let's call it is the key area of resistance there. We're at 158.19 right now. I'm very curious to see how the market ends the day. If we breach these prices, but end the day dramatically lower or lower to any degree, perhaps, um, I might have some shorts out over the weekend. Everybody expects a trade resolution. It's possible the market gaps up 2% on the trade resolution and then reverses. You don't know. But I'm just highlighting for you that we're at that key area of resistance again. Let's see how it behaves here. And if the behavior of the market begins to change, then we have to be aware of that. Right now, if you look at the NASDAQ, uh, small caps, it's literally up in a straight line. It's been unbelievable buying. So what would change it? It's if you run up to that key resistance and then sell off at the end of the day. Run up to it, sell off at the end of the day. You have a couple days of selling into the close, and that can, that can lead to a change in momentum. So we had selling into the close yesterday, but huge recovery today. Let's just see something real quick. So we only had really one day of selling, right? It was yesterday. Yeah. So we just had one day of selling and that selling came in in the afternoon. So I'm very curious to see what happens again today. We have strong morning, totally expected. We're in a ripping bull market apparently. But if we get a couple days in a row of weakness into the close at key locations where we are right now, that would be cause for caution. Okay. So, um, does it mean I'm changing positions dramatically? No, I want to see the change. If there's a change, then I make a decision. But right now, I mean, we're making money across the board in all of our whiteboard names. They can't keep iRobot down. I talked to you yesterday about iRobot. It's our biggest position. And I explained why you can go look at that podcast or, or video from yesterday. Um, there was even a downgrade of the stock yesterday. The stock doesn't seem to want to go down. Um, gold and silver. Let's switch over now to our favorite groups. We got cannabis, we got gold and silver, we got um, the pipelines and energy stocks in general. Um, 
cannabis stocks, a little bit of a mixed picture there. MJ is actually up today, which is the ETF of the marijuana companies. And yet our favorite names, Canopy, Telray, Kronos, Hexo, Aurora, and other names like that are all down across the board. So how is MJ up on the day? Easy answer. Go to ETF.com. You can do this on your own. ETF.com. Put in MJ, the symbol MJ, in the search bar, and you'll see the first result you click on, and it shows you everything that's inside of MJ. This is a good rule of thumb for you to do on any asset you're trading, so you get an idea of what's in the asset, in any ETF you're trading. So two of the biggest names in the top 10 names for MJ are biotech companies. One's GW Pharmaceutical, and the other is Corbis. CRBP is the symbol. That's a new addition to the top 10 in MJ. They're both up over 5% today. They represent something like, I think it was something close to 12, 13% of the whole portfolio of MJ. So all of MJ's price, about 13% of MJ is these two stocks. Okay, both of which are up over 5%. That's what's carrying that index right now, even though the other names are down across the board. Um, I haven't talked too much about biotech cannabis companies because I don't love them. I don't like the business model um, of a biotech company um, spending a lot of money to do an FDA trial to prove that, you know, cannabis can help cure something but not really have a proprietary edge. They're spending a lot of money to prove something. And, 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 you know, and then there's a lot of other companies behind it using cannabis in different ways to cure things. So it's not my favorite way to go about the cannabis market. And in the, from the standpoint of Corbis, I'm not even sure really why it's in the cannabis MJ ETF. I'll be, I'll be completely frank with you. They're using um, synthetic, CBD is what it sounds like, synthetic CBD, to, to deal with inflammation. It's really just a drug company. It's a biotech company. It's not really a marijuana company. Um, but anyway, it's in, the, it's in, it's in MJ, so be, be careful there. And that explains why you get a little bit of a, um, a difference of, of behavior in MJ versus your top names in the pure marijuana space. Um, anyway, so that whole group is having a bit of a retrace. And, um, you know, it's, it's okay. They can't go straight up. So they're just, you know, bouncing around this week. No real gains, no real losses. Just bouncing around in a, in a space. Nothing to add right there. We've already done four um, YouTube videos about cannabis, investing, pot stocks, and that kind of thing. Please go to our playlist. Go to YouTube. You can find Armor Report. We have a cannabis playlist. You can just watch them and you'll you get a good idea of how we're going about the cannabis investment. I have nothing new to add there. Um, gold and silver, having a huge week, having a huge run down yesterday. Um, I hear people talking on CNBC, which I love, about how uh, um, this move is over. It's not going to go anywhere. It's just a blip. Yeah, I mean, that's what guys are used to for the last seven years. So, 
you know, you get a guy on, on TV and he says the markets are going a lot higher from here, equity markets and gold's going lower. And he's just going really with percentages. He's not adding any value to you. Usually the market goes up, right? Eight times out of 10. And for the last seven years, gold's been going down. So, you know, he's just playing the odds and comes on CNBC and tries to pretend that he's smart, but it doesn't really help you manage your own assets. What we're doing here helps you manage assets. Three months ago, we said, start buying gold stocks, start buying gold and silver. A major seven-year downtrend has been broken. A change in trend has occurred. These stocks can double off of their lows, and it wouldn't even dent the behavior of these stocks over the last seven years. So what do we do on this trading desk? Put ourselves on the right side of probability and statistics and put money to work when the reward is big enough for the risk we're taking. The bigger the potential reward, the better. The reward's enormous in the metal stocks because nobody believes in them and they're under-owned. They start moving institutional money into the space. These stocks are going to go up a lot over the next couple of years. And I could bend your ear about all the fundamentals of why gold and silver should go a lot higher, but those fundamentals have been out there for seven years. It hasn't helped gold and silver go higher. There's only one thing that probably matters right now. The bullion banks that have been manipulating the price for seven years and been short the entire time have flipped the other way and now they're along the metals. That's really probably all you need to know. The manipulation of the metals is coming to an end. Price is starting to have price discovery higher. At the same time, there's massive consolidation in the space. And today, the story broke that uh, American Barracks is thinking of taking over Newmont Mining, which is incredible. Probably it'll make the biggest mining company in the world. So you've got major consolidation, a depressed market for seven years, so there was a lack of exploration. The bullion banks on the side of the bulls now instead of incessantly shorting. And a move in China for the last five years to make their currency a world reserve currency, and gold is a major part of that. Gold is now traded on the Shanghai exchange. It's real bullion. They're moving away from paper markets. All of these things are bullish, and we're getting this move in the metals. So we're sticking with this play, and we're not overly trading it. In fact, we're not trading it at all. We put the positions on three, two, three months ago. We're enjoying this whole ride. I'm not overly excited when it skyrockets higher, and I don't get totally depressed yesterday when it's down a bit. This is a beautiful uptrend. It's a lot of volatility. As long as that uptrend holds, we're staying with these investments. We could be with them for years. Rosenthal Capital Management made a fortune in the metal stocks 2008 while everybody else was losing a fortune. So we know this space. And when you start making money in it, it could be a multi-year move. What you don't want to do is be whipsawed out of it because there's a down day or a down week or some analyst says something. Be patient, put the capital to work when the reward is worth the risk, and then let the profits ride. And then, of course, the last you know, piece of the puzzle is these pipelines. The, 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 the pipelines are more just you know, paying a fat dividend yield. And I think we've seen a low in prices. 
And if that's the case, if energy prices can stabilize and move higher a bit, and you could pick up a better than 8.5% return in the pipelines, we own them. So there's not much to go over there. You know, we're not tra- changing much. I'll leave you with this thought. There's not really much to share with you today. Um, I hope this has been helpful. I'm just kind of a week in review of where we are and what to be aware of. If the markets crater into the close, be aware of that. Raise some cash, perhaps. Put on some short positions, perhaps. Do something to defend your capital. Um, what did I want to share with you? Oh, yeah, yeah, we are building positions in 5G companies. And maybe I'll talk more about this. Maybe I'll do a whole episode on the 5G uh, investment opportunity in the breakdown. But suffice it to say, there are three stocks right now. I mean, look, I don't share with you stocks as I'm buying them. So full disclosure, I already bought them. We did it last week or the week before uh, when we had a risk on entry point using our algorithms. Okay. If you want to know exactly what I'm doing, we need to work together. Pick up the phone, call me. I'll be more than happy to share with you individual stock ideas and how it can help your portfolio, go to RosenthalCapital.com. You'll see the phone number. Give me a shout. But I will tell you um, a simple way to play the, the 5G play. And what we looked for, at the top of our leaderboard, we have a bunch of names. Verizon and AT&T, Qualcomm. All three of those pay big dividends. All three of them in the last couple of weeks were down right on their lows and gave us a great risk-on entry point. When you're buying fat dividend payouts, really what you're looking for is the right risk-on entry point so that you start to get capital appreciation, and you could just stay with those trades for a long time and collect the dividend yield. AT&T, Verizon, Qualcomm have all set up in those areas. And I know there's warts on all those names. You can come up with reasons why you shouldn't own them. Qualcomm, fighting Apple, all these other things. But if you look at the entry points, you use an algorithm, you get rid of the noise and confusion in the market and just commit capital to an investment theme at the right price where the reward's worth the risk and the probabilities are in your favor, you can build a portfolio. It's really not that hard. So um, those are three easy names that are 5G related. Now there's other names that are more... um, um, volatile that are actually performing better than those three names, by the way, um, that I think I'll get to in another, I'll do, I'll do a show all about 5G at some point when I think it's worth it. Um, and I'm just going to leave you with this thought. All right, guys, this is just something that's really been bothering me. So I'm going to go off on a tangent here. Thanks for, thanks for listening. Um, Socialism taking over this country is a terrible thing for this country. It's a terrible thing for any country that's ever tried to implement it. Venezuela is an excessive example of how it destroyed a good country. And that's just recently. Communism, socialism... Look what happened to the, to the USSR. Look at the destitution going on in Cuba. How can anybody espouse the benefits of socialism if they just look around the world at examples of socialism? They never were. 
Socialism takes. Capitalism creates. That is a fact, and it's been true since the dawn of time. And it will continue to be true. Socialism's got great platitudes. That's the danger of socialism. Right? We are a democracy. We elect officials. Right? Most people are hoping for a better life. Most voters aren't comfortable. So what does a socialist person do? They come out and use all these platitudes. You won't think you're doing as well as the Joneses next door. So we'll give you health care. We'll give you education. We'll give you everything. Oh, that sounds great. Sounds great. Let's do it. And let me tell you something. I'm all for philanthropy. I'm all for helping people. I'm all for charity. I want to decide where my charity dollars go. When has the government ever figured out how to apply capital in an effective way? Show me once how the government can figure it out better than private institutions. All the government does is squander and waste money. The rise of socialism is disturbing. It's disturbing. Please think before you vote. Please think. Don't vote for somebody just because you think, oh, great. He'll keep the guy next to me down. Try to elevate me. Government's not going to elevate you. You have to elevate you. I'll tell you one way to do that. Invest correctly in the equity markets. Have a longer term horizon. Don't max out your credit cards. You don't need a government for those things. You just need personal discipline. And if you want to figure out, if you want to argue with me about whether or not I'm right, just look at what New York has done with Amazon's headquarters. It's absurd. It's absurd socialist thinking. And the platitudes sound great, right? They all run out there and say, hey, we don't want to give $3 billion in cash to Amazon. We could use that cash for teachers, schools, pay off student loans. That is a lie. New York was never going to give Amazon $3 billion in cash. It was incentives. There would be $19 billion in tax receipts with $3 billion in incentives. Just simple business and math, guys. Please help spread the word that socialism takes. What did socialism just do? It took 25,000 jobs out of New York for an absolutely stupid reason. And they cheered themselves for it. Oh, we did it. We got rid of 25,000 jobs that were going to be paying more than $100,000 on average. And those 25,000 jobs focused on a point, a, a point in New York would filter capital into the rest of that area. Local retail, local restaurants, all kinds of jobs. 
The stupidity of socialism is just astronomical. How can they look themselves in the mirror? Okay. Thanks for listening, guys. I just can't take it sometimes. It drives me nuts. I'll be all again. Have a safe, successful day of investing out there. I'll talk to you next week.